You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. I almost called myself Andy. Uh, we have a great series going on with the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to you, man. Okay. We have a great series going on with uh, the Here I Write conference presenters. The Here I Write conference uh, was the brainchild of Katie Sherman to bring together people uh, to give resources for Lutheran writers and authors and, and people who are creative with words. So today we have with us a Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, who is a, a familiar voice on KFUO, host of Cross Defense on Monday afternoons. Uh, he's also pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church and Jesus Lutheran Church of the Deaf in Austin, Texas. Thanks for joining us, Pastor Wolfmuller. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you on the coffee hour uh, to actually talk with you instead of just listen to you on cross defense. Uh, so uh, your presentation is about uh, creating a Bible study um, and the, the the hows and whys of Bible studies. So first, who who writes Bible studies? Do you know that I was supposed to present, I was supposed to do a video for the conference. I wasn't even going to be there. So I didn't even notice it was canceled. I was a... <laughs> It's sad that we have to do this. <laughs> you were like, ready now to go. Know. We're not, we're not going. Well, what am I going to do with this video? So, yeah. Who? So it is interesting to think of who writes a Bible study, because in some ways, every Christian ought to be a Bible teacher. Every Christian certainly is a Bible student. And we all know that one of the best ways to learn something is to be able to teach it. In fact, some people say you, you don't know something until you can teach it to others. And I, I learn even when I'm teaching the Bible, not like not just getting ready for Bible class, but sitting down with the text and teaching people. It, you know, the the text starts to open itself up. So, so every every Christian is a is a Bible teacher, and in some ways, every every parent especially is going to be a Bible study leader. And so, a lot of people are always preparing Bible studies. But uh, we were especially for this conference talking about people who are writing Bible studies on a professional level, so pastors or or people who want to publish Bible studies, and and then for them, what what is it, you know, what is a Bible study supposed to do? What makes a good Bible study, and how do you get after it? Those are some of the things uh, that are interesting to reflect on. Okay, so let's dig into that. What makes a good Bible study? I think I, and this is my own opinion. I'm and I'm no professional Bible study writer, or <laughs> I'm no professional anything really. But I think the joy of <laughs> of learning is in making the connections. Like when two things, it's like a there's a stat. It's like you know, remember that when you were a kid and you'd go and you'd run run across the carpet with uh, with your socks on. And then you'd get right up behind your brother and get and bring right up close to his ear. And if you got close enough, there was that spark, you know, and you could shock him. It's that that's the joy <laughs> of learning anything is when you get close enough to get that spark. And so I think a good Bible study is you bring people close enough that they that then they can make that connection and their theological imagination starts to spark. So so I think that's the what a Bible study is doing. You want to connect the the, the particular text that you're looking at, you want to connect it to a place. You want to connect it to the to the chronology, to the big picture of the Bible. You want to connect it to to the some of the major themes and to other 
other places in the scripture where those themes are discussed. So you want to bring people right up next to it so that those sparks can start to fly. What are some of the ways to find the the resources or, or to, to really dig into uh, the particular thing that you're studying in the Bible in order to create those sparks in that interest? Yeah, I think you got to have, there's like probably three or four tools that every Bible student ought to have, especially Bible teacher. You can get all of these on online now for free, which is crazy. But you, you need a concordance that lets you track words through and ideas through so you can you can kind of run it that way. You need a good Bible atlas and probably a good Bible dictionary. Those are also uh, really helpful. And that lets you put things in uh, in a place and and kind of make those sort of connections and a good timeline. I don't think there's anything better, actually, than than a good timeline for understanding the scriptures. And then when you start digging into the text, you want to either f- find or even better build a good outline. So to get the overall theme of a particular text so that you can you can start to put the verses that you're working on in their context. What encouragement is there in scripture for studying the Bible, for being a student of the Bible? How about so Psalm 1 so this is Psalm one is one of these. There's there's three psalms that are called the Torah psalms. That they're, they're psalms about the scriptures. And it's kind of nice. They're easy to remember because it's Psalm one, Psalm nineteen, and Psalm one nineteen. So you just have to remember one nineteen and then split it up. Well, you might get consumed with Psalm eleven, which is a beautiful psalm. It's just not one of the Torah psalms. So Psalm one, Psalm nineteen, Psalm one nineteen. Psalm one begins with this picture of those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his word day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of living water. And then it describes them. Their leaves never wither. They have its fruit in its season. Everything that they do will prosper. And then that image is contrasted to the image of those who do not delight in the Lord's law, who do not delight in the Lord's word. And they're like the chaff, which the wind blows away. It's like the, the chaff is like... If you have a stalk of wheat and you take that stalk of wheat and you smash the wheat and the little like thin paper thin husk of the wheat comes off and and the way they would in the ancient world the way they'd get rid of all that stuff is they'd actually smash it up and put it in a basket and go to the top of a hill and they'd throw it up in the air and the wheat would come down and the chaff would just float away like a dandelion seed you know it's just it's so light light it just whoosh goes away. And, the, and that's how the wicked are. In fact, wh- I, I don't know how to explain this really well on the radio, because this is kind of something you want to see in a picture, but let's give it a shot. In Hebrew poetry, <laughs> the, the, the way that the poetry works is you have parallel structure. So what you would expect to see in that verse is this. It says, the, the, those who delight in the Lord's word are like the tree with the fruit and the leaves. So there's three things. So tree, fruit, leaves. And then it says, the wicked are not so. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. And you expect two more things. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away and that the oxen go and eat and that floats off to the desert. You know, you expect the parallel there. But the but the next two verses aren't even... It's almost like the words about the people who don't study the Bible are like chaff that blew off the page. It's really quite beautiful. It's it, it's a so so the the joy and promise of studying the scripture is that it roots us to the Lord's life 
It's it's we're planted by the river, and that river is the Holy Spirit flowing from Jesus, which brings us comfort and courage and wisdom and peace, the forgiveness of all of our sins. It's it is wonderful. So how do you, when you write a Bible study, what is your process for 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 starting and and you're making your way through a, a new Bible study? Sure. So I always think I'm ready to preach the text or teach the text or write a Bible study about the text when I can smell the test text. That's my test. <laughs> can you smell it? Now, some texts are easier to smell than others. Like when Jesus is healing someone who's leprous, like the smells come pretty immediately. But but other times I want to, you know, if the prophet is there preaching or if something, if there's a hist- is a story that's happened, I want to try to get my imagination in close enough so that I can I can smell the things that are happening. I, I, you know, I can, I can feel the dust in in my lips. I, I, I want to, I want to try to use my whole imagination to get there uh, to the text, so that I can kind of look around and see it in three D. You know, they have. I've seen some of these pictures, like on Facebook now, where, like, you look at the picture, and like you can look any which direction, and it's like a, it's a, it's a three dimensional text. So like you're looking at something and it's like a, it's a tree or something boring. Like how come you put up a picture of the tree and then you you actually turn your phone around and you're like, oh, there's Mount Rushmore. What? Now this is, <laughs> I think when you get in your imagination into the text, it almost becomes three dimensional. So there's Jesus and you look around and you're like, oh, there's a Pharisees over there. And like, oh, there's this Dead Sea over there. And look, there's a herd of pigs or whatever. You, you almost kind of, you sink yourself into the text so that you have a whole three-dimensional view of it, and then you can start to explore different things. What's going on with those guys? Why are they saying that? Why are, why are they thinking that? Why did Jesus say that instead of that? Why did he point this way instead of that way, or or whatever? So so to kind of to when I'm when I'm trying to get into the text, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm going and rooting around so that I can I got the smells of it, and then I come to the text with two particular questions. How does this text show me my sin, my desperate need for a Savior? And then, how does this text deliver to me the forgiveness of sins and the comfort of the death of Jesus on the cross? In fact, I used to think of it this way, and this might be helpful, is I I used to think, how can I teach and preach this text so that the people who are hearing it, who are studying it with me, who are doing this Bible study, want to have this text as their funeral text? That's the thing that I'm after. Hmm. I want to peel out that comfort. You know, there's I use I remember in the old days you'd ask I, I would go to the Bible and I'd say, Hey, uh, what is this telling me about how I'm supposed to live today? Which is a fine question. I mean, that's a fine question to ask of the scriptures. And the Bible has tons of wisdom and tons of advice for us. That's no problem. But if we just ask that question, then then all we're gonna get is instruction, law, how to. And we're, and we're not going to mm-hmm. get the theological wisdom, and we're not going to get the comfort. So we want to do the, if, the, the Romans 15.4 thing, where it says, by the patience and comfort of the Holy Scriptures, we might have life. And so we want to grab a hold of the Scriptures and say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Like Joseph and Jesus wrestling on the river Jabbok, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And the text is trying to wrangle away, you know, and everything else is trying to come in and and uh, and tickle us away from the text. There's so many distractions and everything else. No, I'm not letting go until you give me a blessing. And the, and the text will always bless us. With about 30 seconds left, anything else that uh, you wanted the attendees at the uh, 
here I write conference, the Lutheran writers attending the conference, anything else you wanted them to, to gain from your presentation? Maybe one quick thing, and that is that, you know, we have, we have these attributes of Scripture, that the Bible is inspired, infallible, efficacious, it's clear, and it's sufficient, and all of these things, but, but the Bible is wonderful. The Bible is awesome. God's Word is astonishing. And I think in some ways, it's enough to hold up a text and, and to hold it in front of the, the Christian's eyes and place it in their ears and say, hey, this is wonderful. This is is beautiful. This is tremendous. And this is our joy. In life and in death, this text brings us life because this is the words of our good shepherd, Jesus, who, who lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what a Bible study is. We, we decrease, and Christ, who is in the page, who's in the text, he increases. Pastor Wolf Miller, where can we find uh, your writings and, and all things that, that you produce, that you create? Wolfmuller.co is the best website. Stuff eventually ends up there, and that gives you links to the Cross Defense. Hey, Cross Defense, and uh, mm-hmm. the YouTubes and all the other stuff. It's Wolfmuller, W-O-L-F-M-U-E-L-L-E-R.co. Fantastic. Pastor Wolfmuller, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Brian Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller.